This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Paul Calvisi, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. So we have taken the show on the road here at State Farm Stadium for training camp powered by Cox. But gentlemen, before we talk about training camp, I need to ask a favor of both our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, and our associate producer, Cody Fincher. We need to change the open. And this is the first opportunity that I get to say congratulations to the gentleman sitting right across from me, Kyle Vandenbosch, Hall of Famer. That needs to be included in the open. And I think we need to include something about Paulie's mustache, too. It, I've been hearing about it. This is my first time I've laid eyes on it. Um, I feel like, Paul, we're friends. Somebody should have helped you out, man. Get rid of that thing. It's, it's, it's hideous. It's time. You know, uh, Josh Woods is coming up on this edition of the Red Sea Report. I'm curious to see whether he's bullish or not on, because, you know, there are some naysayers. Don't think your opinion is everybody's opinion over there, Kyle Vandenbosch, okay? Although I'm beginning to notice that I'm on audio-only content. They've yet, to put me on, <laughs> they've yet to put me on camera around here, and I think there is a cause and effect with that. Well, I've been on that for years, so I, I, I'm beginning to get suspicious as well. So this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report includes Nebraska Hall of Famer Kyle Vandenbosch and the mustached one, Paul Calvisi. I'm merely Craig Rielu. Yes, inside linebacker Josh Woods will join us in our next segment. But right off the top, it is training camp. And here on this first day in August, later on this afternoon here at State Farm Stadium, training camp powered by Cox, the Pats, the first padded practice Monday would have been the earliest date that the team could have been in pads. Head coach Jonathan Gannon says, no, we're going to wait until Tuesday. So the padded practice, first one of training camp, and as J.G. likes to say, pajama football in the rearview mirror, Kyle, and we get to see some hitting and maybe some guys separating themselves. Yeah, I, I agree. And you got to think just based on what Jonathan Gannon said from, from the first day um, he did a, his press conference, he wants physicality. He wants violence. And so there's going to be, you know, you, you have your evaluation up to this point, but, you know, a lot of people are going to elevate themselves based on how they play with pads on because, you know, quite frankly, you can get a lot without pads. Um, you learn how to practice. You learn how to prepare for games, particularly halfway through the season, late in the season when you're banged up. You don't have an opportunity to put pads on. But football is still a physical game, and it is played with pads. And there will be players that, um, you haven't noticed up to this point that will stand out today. And there will be players that have been dominant running around in just a helmet and looked really good and, and look like they're dudes and they will disappear. And this is where players begin to show the coaches their value to the team. So um, I'm excited to me as a player, um, you know, other than when you get into the regular season, you get it, you approach your first game. The first day of pads was my favorite day um of of the season favorite day of training camp and it's it's you know you got to think that every player in that locker room is excited about the opportunity to go out there and, and finally hit somebody 
I was pushing for a state-mandated holiday, you know, first day in pads. Um, in lieu of that not happening, you know, maybe everyone just, uh, by the power not vested in me, you know, take off the rest of the day after lunch, come out to Cardinals camp. You can see it for yourself because we think we know who's a good player on this team, but you don't know until the pads go on, right? Dante Stills, the rookie D lineman out of West Virginia, for example, he can get all the props and praise from the D-line coach, Derek LeBond, all you want in the offseason, and he did. And he looked really good. He looked really athletic, really nimble. But how does he hold up one-on-one when it's O-line against D-line? Is he stout enough against the double team to hold the point? Can he two-gap? What exactly is Dante Stills all about? That's just one of many examples, Craig, on this roster. You don't really know until they're playing full contact, full padded, full speed football. All eyes typically go to O-line, D-line. Harris Johnson Jr., his first opportunity at this level to get a real pass rush. How does Zayvon Collins look as an edge rusher? And then the blitz pickup, how do the running backs outside of James Conner handle that part? Because you talk about that number two running back, Kyle, behind Conner. Who's it going to be? And, yeah, you want to carry the football, but you also have to be in there to protect the quarterback. No, that's, that's a huge part about getting on the field, particularly as a young running back entering the NFL, the, your ability to not only know where the blitz is coming from, which guy you need to pick up, but to do it in a physical manner. And it's, it's a whole new world. And, um, you know, my, what I'm excited to see, um, you know, you're talking about pass rush. You're talking about how the offense can block um, in pass pro. You know, I still continue to get this feeling we're just going to see a lot of 12 personnel. We're going to see this team come out and run, 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 run to set up the pass later in the game, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. And so I want to see what this run game looks like. I want to see how physical this offensive line can be. You know, look, Paris Johnson has shown up to this point he is an incredible athlete. He can move well. You know, how well can he sink his hips? How well can he hang on a double team and get moving up front on a, on a you know, a physical three technique? Um, you know, I'm excited to see how this offensive line has gelled and, and what they can do in the running game. And then, you know, to talk about the running backs, you know, you get the feeling that this is going to be more of a north-south run game. So um, it might not be pretty to fans, but I'm looking for those four or five-yard runs between the tackles. How many yards and, and what kind of push can they get? up front and which running backs you know we know James Conner can do it which running backs are going to stick their face in there keep their legs churning and fight for those extra inches practice begins at 115 it is open get your digital tickets go to azcardinals.com for more information training camp powered by Cox what we will not see this afternoon and who knows when we will see it is Kyler Murray practicing we have seen him observing watching he continues to rehab from that torn acl got a chance to hear from k1 over the weekend and yeah he's not doing anything right now on the field but he is still working it's an unusual start uh having to watch everything uh same as i did during uh, camp though so it, it's uh it's not a bad thing to have to sit back and watch you know per se trying to take make the most out of this and make it a positive deal i feel good getting better each and every day taking it one day at a time so uh, just trying to you know be there for my teammates right now and just, just learn as much as possible before I do step on the field. thought it was a very honest Kyler Murray that addressed the media, answering questions. Everyone wants to know when. When are you going to practice? When are you going to play? No timeline given. When he knows, we'll know. But he was a little bit more open and forthright about a conversation that he had with Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow as far as that mental block that awaits him the physical is one thing the mental is another how hesitant murray might be when he first steps on that football field 
that's something that every athlete, you know, you get hurt, you pull a hammy, or you, t- you know, you get, you're a little scared to run the first time you pull a hammy, and then I think with reps, with, you know, everything, confidence comes, and um, even in the weight room, you know, I'm doing things, first time I do it, I might be hesitant, the first time I jump, I was hesitant, but, you know, we're, we're, we're preparing the body, preparing the mind to be able to do those things, so I, I do think the first time I'm out there, maybe I might be, but with the reps, I think the confidence will grow and grow. Kyler and Joe Burrow at a UFC event, I believe it was in Miami, Paul, in which that conversation took place. And yeah, Joe Burrow hesitant that first time. You heard Kyler Murray there say hesitant during this rehab process. And that's just the natural evolution, the next step before you can say, all right, I'm going to go full speed. And look, Kyle's the guy to talk about this, the mental side of it. But I don't care what a player says at a press conference. You can't tell me that they're not hesitant the first time they come back from a major injury, knee, shoulder, whatever it is. You can be Adrian Peterson and come back after seven months and have a 2,000-yard rushing season, but he still had that moment where he had to know, what was this injury recovery all about? I have to be able to trust this. I have to be able to know that I was the player I was before. And so Kyler was very open and honest about that. Honestly, I thought maybe he'd – He'd really deflect a lot of those questions. Instead, he opened up about it. I like that. I think it was a sign of maturity. I think it was a sign of awareness. I think he was conveying in a roundabout way, this is going to be a process. I truly don't know if I'll be ready week one, month one. You know, Look, if he's back by Halloween, in my opinion, I think that's a win because it wasn't just the ACL. It was the meniscus. So we'll see. But he was honest on all accounts. It was two weeks of hell, quote-unquote, once right after when he suffered that injury. He's never been here and done this before. His dad talked about that in flight plan. He's never been carted off the field. So, yeah, there's the physical challenge, and then there's the mental hurdles, plural, that he's going to have to overcome. Every recovery is different, and that mental hurdle, as Paul mentioned, Kyle, you can speak to that more than anyone, but at the same time, it's going to be different for Kyler than it was for you. Absolutely. Yeah, no two ACLs are the same. No recovery is the same. The mental part, at least he's been given good advice, not just from Joe Burrow, but the people working with him, the things he's doing with Buddy Morris. I mean, he's – Paul's exactly right. He sounds more mature this year. He's given better answers. He's being very thoughtful, and he's, you know, doing all of the things he needs to do and taking the approach he needs to do. Look, when you're doing rehabs, particularly from an ACL – you don't talk about how I'm going to be in two weeks. And just listening to Kyler, he's dialed in exactly how he needs to be. I'm day-to-day. I'm working on winning today. I will worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And that's how you have to take rehab because, uh, you know, rehab and healing um, and being ready to play, it's not a linear progress. You, it goes up and it goes down. And every day is varied depending on what you did yesterday. Some days you'll wake up and be really sore for no reason. And, um, you know, he understands that and he's going through that right now. And, you know, the thing that I see different from him and Joe Burrow, um, you know, Joe Burrow, even when he came back, look, he can run, but he's primarily a pocket passer. Kyler Murray, his entire life, what has set him apart is how instinctual he is when a play breaks down and his ability to operate in the offense but to do things off schedule is what makes him elite, which makes him special. And that's what could take a little bit more time because when you're going through rehab and they say jump on this box, you prepare your body for jumping on that box. But when you're on a football field, you don't think about your cuts. You don't think about, you know, how – planting on that injured leg or somebody rolling on that injured leg it's it's those things that's going to take time and really the only way for him to get that full confidence 
is to get the reps. And so when, you know, it might take a few weeks on the practice field with guys around his legs, with him running and making these cuts and scrambling sometimes before he feels like he's fully mentally ready to be out there and help the team win games. You mentioned reps, and he's not getting those reps with his teammates out on the football field. And he was asked, all this time that he is missing, he's watching, does he feel like he's behind? I don't feel behind at all. I'm uh, picking it up pretty fast, pretty well. You know, I, th- I think the coaches would say so as well. We're doing things uh, to allow me, again, to learn faster. So uh, if I wasn't taking the reps mentally and, and, and just spinning it out like, at home in the mirror um, to the coaches, whatever it is in the meetings, um, then, yeah, I'd probably be behind. But the fact that we're on it and we're, you know, we're constantly doing it, uh, it's been easy. Again, he's not on the field, but he's in the classroom. He's in the meeting rooms. He's studying in the hotel room and still learning what is a brand-new offense, not just for Kyler, but for everyone. Yeah. Cole McCoy talked about that at length yesterday. It's different. It's very different. It's not the spread. It's not we're going horizontal, much more vertical. My favorite quote of camp so far, JG saying about James Conner, we're going to take that ball and cram it vertical. And then all of a sudden, the next snap, you're going to do a lot of play action. There's going to be a quarterback under center. Remember, nobody was in the shotgun more last year than Kyler Murray of all the NFL quarterbacks. So it's going to be different. And different weeks will be radically different game plans, if you believe what Drew Petzing is telling everyone. They're going to be what they need to be to beat that week's opponent. So you're going to see a little bit of everything. That means it's going to be challenging for Kyler. He hasn't run a lot of what we're going to see this year in game situations. We're talking going back to high school. So with that in mind, this is most definitely going to be a process, and maybe it's not such a bad thing to see an ultra-veteran like Colt McCoy in his 14th season kind of engineer and model some of this in real time, in real games before Kyler takes over. Sitting and watching, as Kyler mentioned earlier, yeah, maybe it's not a bad thing. Much more on Kyler Murray and his knee rehab Season 6, Episode 5 of Cardinals Flight Plan, available now on the Cardinals YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash Cardinals. It is an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at K1. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats here at State Farm Stadium. We're going to move aside gently and politely Kyle Vandenbosch and welcome in Josh Woods. He will join us next year from State Farm Stadium. It is Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. That is straight ahead here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Arizona Cardinals, this is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable, we're going to be violent, we're going to be explosive, and we're going to be smart. And all three phases go into that. And we will maximize the talents of the players that we have, and that's how we're going to win games. And don't get it twisted, we're going to win games. Adaptable, violent, explosive, smart. The four pillars of Jonathan Gannon, new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and one of those players of Jonathan Gannon's team, well, one of the new faces in that inside linebackers room, five new faces in that new inside linebackers room. Josh Woods joining us here on the Cardinals Red Team Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Josh, appreciate a couple of minutes here. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate you guys for inviting me on. First Full week of training camp, and as we speak, 
The pads will come on this afternoon for the first time. As JG likes to tell us in the media, pajama ball is done once the pads come on. How excited mm -hmm. are you to actually play some real football? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, you think about pads the entire time that you're training. Every time we're out here, all the guys' offense, whoo, this was a great play. Like, nah, I don't, I don't think so, buddy. I don't think so. You know, it's going to be good to come out here and actually be able to, you know, hit some guys um, you know, the right way, of yes. course. But, you know, um, it's training camp. This is what everybody loves. What do you hope to learn further from yourself, your position group, the team, when the pads do come on? Um, I just I want to learn more about the team, like how physical we really are. You know, T-shirt ball, everybody looks good. Kind of like what Coach JG says, the pajama ball is over with. You know, and you get to kind of uh, – you just see what kind of guys you have. And, I mean, I've seen tape of almost everybody out there, Dennis, Zeke, you know, those guys like Zavin. Everybody's super physical, but, you know, I, I, I want to be out there with them, you know. So that's what I'm excited about. What's the adrenaline like? I mean, it's the first time in full pads. You have a brand-new staff. I mean, in some ways, this is your first chance at a true first impression – as a player, we know this roster is wide open in a lot of areas, right? I mean, it's a land opportunity out there for a lot of guys. So what's the adrenaline level like for most guys with full pads coming? I mean, like I said, this is this is what we've been waiting on. This is what we've been waiting on. Um, but you're absolutely right. The roster is wide open. Um, I, I love the energy that the staff brings. I love, you know, the, energies that the, the energy that the guys bring every day. Um, I know everybody's going to be ready to compete tomorrow on out not that we haven't been competing so far but you know with the pads coming on everybody's ready let's get to know you a little bit more josh woods doing joining us here on the cardinals red sea report last season with the lions first season with the cardinals but here you are an undrafted free agent in 2018 just your story about getting into the league and then staying in the league i think that's a big thing going into year five yeah um well I was kind of a late bloomer in college, um, playing safety. Uh, got hurt towards the end of my career. Um, I actually thought about hanging it up. Wow. And a scout was in the building at Maryland and told me, you know, you're going to get another shot, just be ready. Uh, long story short, draft rolls around, didn't get my name called, was like just kind of ready to hang it up. My friend has a brunch business. We were actually making donuts that morning. And I got a call from uh, one of the scouts from the Bears inviting me to uh, rookie minicamp. So, obviously, I, I took the invite, um, came in as a tryout, and they just kept saying, bro, you're a big safety. You're huge. And they put me on the scale after day two, and uh, I was like 217. And so they sent me home after that, didn't get signed, but they called my agent and said, hey, we, we think we see something in them, like at, at a coverage backer, you know. Um, just tell them to gain some weight, try to learn backer in five weeks, and come back. And so I came back. Uh, at like 2.32 for vet mini camp, got a contract, and uh, it was just, I mean, the rest is history. Wow. Uh, I mean, I was minimal reps, didn't really know much about linebacker, but the way I got onto the team was special teams. Uh, just kicking butt on special teams and, you know, turning heads, effort, motor, running around, and was able to kind of hang on and make the cut and well not the 53 initially practice squad that first year but you know just keep stacking and you know leaving my leaving my imprint until finally uh last year was captain on special teams in detroit so it's been a climb it's been it's definitely a story it's not you know it's not the the hardest one that i've heard but it's, it definitely wasn't easy 
That's amazing. One minute making donuts. Yeah. Next minute you get a, sh- a shot at an NFL career. That's uh, Josh Woods is our guest here on the Red Sea Report. So tell us about special teams. What sort of mentality does it take? If I saw right, you were top five in tackles, solo tackles last year in the NFL. You had a heck of a year on special teams. Now you're getting a shot inside backer. But just in terms of being a special team standout, what does that require? Um, I tell guys for the most part is want to. Is want to. Because a lot of guys, they come in from college being the guy, you know, they never really had to focus on special teams. And, you know, they're, oh, I'm, so, I'm too good for this or this. Like, the difference between this guy and that guy is want to, is effort, you know. So when the ball is snapped, I know that I'm going to go make the tackle. I tell my guys all the time, meet me at the ball. Because I'm, I'm, I'm already going to be there, so meet me at the ball, you know. And I think that that's the difference between a lot of guys and um, – who, who excel in special teams and a lot of guys who don't. Now, obviously, I've learned some tricks of the trade and, you know, some some small technique things. But for the most part, it's, it's really just energy and want to. If mm. you want to learn it, you want to do the techniques right, you want to get down there and make the play and energize the team, I mean, special teams gets me riled up. No matter how much I play on defense, like, I still want to be involved in special teams because it's that spark. It's just that one-play spark that the team needs, you know, sometimes. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. Your special teams coordinator last season in Detroit, Dave Phipp, called you the emotional leader for the Detroit Lions. I'm not exactly sure. He might not be too happy that you're no longer with the Lions. The Cardinals, though, are glad that you are here. You mentioned special teams, but now getting more of a look at inside linebacker. You haven't played a lot of defense, especially last season. This opportunity that's in front of you right now, it seems like just from our vantage point, it's Kaiser White, Chris Barnes, and... Josh Woods as far as that rotation as far as first team inside linebacker yeah I mean it's, it's a heck of an opportunity in front of me um trying to take it day by day you know just keep stacking bricks not look too far into the future the chips will fall where they may you know God, it's in God's hands not mine um and I just try to be as consistent as possible um that's something that I haven't been as great at in my career beforehand but I understand that the opportunity that's in front of me is one that's never been there before um so just, you know, leaning on my guys, asking them to hold me accountable, hold myself accountable. Um, but for the most part, just being consistent, developing a routine, like really trying to, you know, master what we call like being a pro, you know, and uh, not really just checking boxes and, you know, going through the motions, but actually learning not just what my job is on this call, but why are we calling this? What is, you know, improving my football IQ, things like that. And, um it's just a heck of an opportunity in front of me. Um, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm honored. Um, just ready to take take control of it, you know. Left tackle DJ Humphreys is the longest tenured Cardinal. He called the switch to Jonathan Gannon not just a culture shift but a culture shock. Mm-hmm. You played for Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Now, those of us from the outside looking in, especially after hard knocks, we see Dan Campbell and we see a guy who went about resetting the culture in Detroit. Do you see any parallels? To- oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of – a lot of the parallels that I see is no nonsense, right? You're, you're putting a lot of the responsibility on the players, right, as themselves. You're no nonsense but not micromanaging, right? And it teaches you to hold each other accountable as well as yourself, like I just spoke about. And um, it's – it's, it's a fun environment. People want to be here. People want to do things right. You get rewarded for doing things right. Um, and it's, you know, you see equal opportunity across the board for a lot of positions, for a lot of guys. And guys can buy into that. 
you know, uh, JG's system, how we do things here. Guys can buy into that because it makes sense. You're not playing a game, smoking mirrors. You're being very straight up, forward with us, and we can trust you. That's how trust is built. And when you trust the coach, it's easy to play for him. That word accountability, we've heard it a lot from JG and a couple of examples already. As Evan Collins told us that he was called out for eating during a team meeting, something that was allowed a year ago. We saw earlier on Saturday that there was a little bit of a skirmish, and all of a sudden, LJ Collier and Dennis Daly kicked out of practice. Mm -hmm. Have you had that moment where you've been held accountable yet? Uh, or do you, is it even even a, a question that you're you're always there? No, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm perfect. I won't, I won't go as far as to say that. But uh, I'm definitely learning from other people's mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Call that a little bit of wisdom. You know, being year six, you kind of be you're able to, you know, see some of the mistakes that guys are making. And you're like, oh, I, I probably I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to learn from these guys. So um, it's, it's dope, though. It's dope. The way everything's being run, like, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I've heard it said that. To be an effective NFL coach, you have to have the respect of your players, the trust of your players, but there also needs to be a little bit of a fear factor. That the guy in charge, right? You're never maybe quite sure what he's thinking. And I know a lot of us who have covered this team for a long time are like, look, there's new decision makers in place. Who knows what they're thinking or what they're evaluating? Do you, do you sense that vibe in this camp? Absolutely. Uh, I haven't really seen it yet. But JG's insane. I know it. I know it. He'll be talking and he'll get riled up. You know, things that you're passionate about. And, you know, he just, every, like, he's just explaining something to us. And then all of a sudden, like, his face is red, or veins are popping out of his neck. And then he has to go, and kind of woosa out of it. And I'm like, he's nuts. He's nuts. And I, like, and guys see it too. And they're like, I do not want to get on his bad side. For the, that's in a good way, though. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, you want to coach like Intensity, yeah. right? Yeah, just intense. But, like, intense, it's like a perfect balance because it's so intense, but yet, like, laid back. And, you know, they're not cursing so, guys out for being wrong, you know. Like, it's, it's a good learning environment, but it's also, like, the intensity because, like you said, we're here to win games. We don't win games. All of us go home. So are you of the opinion that a team takes on the personality of its head coach? Did that happen with Dan Campbell, for example? I mean, yeah, I was biting kneecaps with one butt cheek. <laughs> Heck yeah. He, he did, though. I mean, that team became much more physical after Dan Campbell took over, correct? Oh, yeah, we hit every day. Daggone me. If we had pads on, we were hitting. That's true. Hard Knocks last year, I remember watching Hard Knocks, and I couldn't believe the, the violence, the tenacity, just the physicality of that camp. In fact, there was a moment in Hard Knocks last year because they covered your training camp with the Lions where I think he had to explain to the team why it was so physical day after day after day, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he wanted us to be what he called calloused. Calloused <laughs> was the word. Leave us with this as we come full circle with Josh Woods. You mentioned that once upon a time you were making donuts when the phone rang. So the favorite donut that Josh Woods makes or that you like to eat? What's, um, give me a donut so, story. Shout, shout out to Brunch Gods because that's the name of my, my, my boy's uh, brunch company back in Baltimore. Uh, we don't, we've gotten away from the donuts, but the best donut was the Oreo cream donut. So it was like a regular glazed donut, had some vanilla icing on it, and we crumbled up some Oreos. You drop, that suck, drop those suckers on there, boom, box it up, out the door. 
You need to take those into the O line room. Those guys. You need, <laughs> but but bring like seven boxes. Yeah, yeah. I might after after Pat, Pat's come on, so I might want to make some friends with those guys. You know? <laughs> That's right. Good point. And as we get uh, closer to uh, noon, it's uh, everyone's getting a little hungry right here. Josh, appreciate it. Great conversation. Best of luck to you, and great that you're an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah. We'll come back with more halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Buda Baker, somebody better get a hand on Buda Baker. Buda Baker's a bad, Buda Baker bad, man. Buda Baker's a badass dude. Watch him. That's him running and hitting everything. I was with the Patriots at the time, and Buddha came in. We interviewed Buddha at the Combine for our 20-minute interview. After the end of that 20-minute interview, uh, I think I was ready to run through a brick wall for Buddha Baker. And Buddha Baker represents everything that we want this organization to be, and I am excited to be on a team with him. Year seven for Cardinals Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Safety, Buddha Baker. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. First things first, a special thanks to Josh Woods joining us in our last segment, someone that Cardinal fans really can root for. Pay attention to this upcoming season. Again, number 51 on the defensive side of the ball. And let's stay on that defensive side of the ball. You heard coming into this segment, Mike Tomlin, Steelers head coach, rave about Buddha. GM Monty Ottenfort during his introductory press conference rave about Buddha, and yeah, it is good to have Buddha Baker on the football field. He did get a little bit more money thrown his way, Kyle. So he reported appears to be in good spirits. Maybe could be a little bit happier, but the contract right now is a non-story, and we'll see what happens next off-season. Yeah, look. So a lot's been talked about both the players and through the media and even the coaching staff about this changing culture and, and winning behavior and, and the standards and accountability. None of those things would ever change Buda Baker because he was doing all of those things before. He was, But you can hear when, when he got up and did his press conference and was asked questions, you can hear how excited he is about the change. Um, you know, when you are a leader, when you're a guy and you're going out there and you're doing the right things every day and you're practicing hard and you're playing through injury and, and you are sacrificing, but you don't see that same level of commitment for everybody else, that's when you develop a cynicism. That's when you get separations in the locker room. That's when, um, you know, you're frustrated with how things are going. But I, he's excited because everybody else on this roster is being held to the same standard that he has held himself to. Um, and look, you can, in the short term, you can lead by example and people will follow. But it be, when it becomes too difficult or when you suffer some adversity or a few setbacks, um, everybody does a 180 and they revert back to their norm. But w what you can hear in his voice and about how excited he is about this team and, and Jonathan Gannon's vision is – Everybody is on the same page moving forward. Everybody's being held to the same standard, not just the standard he holds to himself. And I think that's why you can hear the excitement in his voice. And, look, Buda Baker is the same Buda Baker regardless. I mean, it, you know, I'm happy for him that he got what he was looking for and that he's here and he's all in. Um, but even if he wasn't, uh, I mean, he, he said he's not a kind of the kind of guy that was going to hold out or hold in. Um, he, he is a true pro's pro, and I'm, I'm just happy that it all got resolved and that the leader in this locker room is back out on the practice field for the rest of the team. I'm not sure ultimately what 
the culture of this team looks like, but I think we can safely say the mentality of this coaching staff and the head coach in particular is a much closer match to Buda Baker yes. than it was the last four years. The mentality is shared. When you hear Josh Woods in that last segment, we ask about Dan Campbell, and he cuts us off mid-sentence, and he says, you know what, it's no nonsense from Jonathan Gannon, but it's not micromanaging. And guys can buy into that, that it's equal opportunity across the roster. And when Jonathan Gannon can point to a Buda Baker, an all-pro, a number three, right, out there on the field, not number 32, number three, as a guy who models that, on not only a game-in, game-out, but a, a play-in and play-out, type of basis you want no nonsense the Buddha baker that we've talked to a few times down on the sideline during special teams periods craig he's about as businesslike as i've ever seen him he said he literally took no days off after he had the fractured shoulder and he just he didn't take a vacation of any significance it was complete commitment to his off season he said he's put on a few pounds but he's quicker He's stronger, most definitely stronger across his shoulders. That's according to Buda Baker. And, I mean, you think he – in the last five years, he has almost 100 more tackles than any other safety in the league. And I think he will separate himself even further this coming season. I'm looking for a career year from Buda Baker. Despite all that success, there is still a large chip on his shoulder. You referenced the number 32. That's where we see – keep seeing number 32 photographs. Not number three. It's been a couple seasons of Buda Baker wearing that number three, and everyone needs to kind of realize that and get on the same page. Speaking of on the same page, Buda Baker on what he has noticed about this new culture with a new coaching staff. I definitely believe that this coaching staff and Monty and the GM are developing a great culture here, and um, you know I'm, I'm very excited for you know the things that they're doing and the things that you know they coach and the things that they preach throughout every single day you know it's definitely a blessing to to get that because my job is to continue to be consistent in the way I play but also just trying to get that culture right and uh you know this coaching staff is is a great staff and I I believe we got it so it's definitely uh awesome for me we all saw it on Hard Knocks in season a year ago, that passion, the personality of Buda Baker. He is all about football. He has a love for the sports, and now he just wants to be surrounded by that same love, that same intensity on Sundays. And I think he's got that not only with his teammates, but coaching staff and in the front office. No, absolutely. It, it seems like everybody's pointing in the same direction. I mean, from everything I've heard and everything I can tell, Look, it's tougher. I mean, but football is a tough sport for tough people. Um, and in the end, you know, players don't always like it, but they appreciate when everything is disciplined and everybody's held to the same standard and everybody is, uh, you know, buying into this new structure. And, and, and because you understand that you can get by in the short term, you can even have success in the short term when things are a little bit loose, when you let a few things go here and there, but in the long run, it's going to catch up to you. And so that's why, again, you know, you, I, I love hearing this excitement in his voice. Um, you know, the other, my other takeaway is you guys referenced him being angry about them listing him as number 32 in the, in the top 100 players. Look, the, the, the best players, the most elite athletes, 
they find motivation in, in the most random places, and, and they find something. They, they keep that chip on their shoulder, and when they lose it, they find something else to, that will drive them, that gets them out of bed, that gets them that extra wet rep in the weight room, that makes them want to get to the ball every single play because he still, in spite of his success, in spite of his Pro Bowls, in spite of his all-pro status, he feels slighted, and, and that's what I love about him. He finds a way to find motivation in the littlest things. Honestly, if it wasn't Buda Baker, I think any other player on this roster who had asked to have their contract renegotiated, they'd still be out of practice. He's such a singular player, not only on this team, but in this league. Even the elite safeties in the league don't quite do things that Buda Baker does. The Derwin James, the Minka Fitzpatricks. He's such that singular talent. It's such a unique guy, and the mentality is so vital to what Jonathan Gannon wants to achieve that, uh, you know what, anybody else that has to renegotiate their deal with two years left on it, I think they'd still be left hanging, and they'd still be at home, not Buda Baker. You brought up Jonathan Gannon. Let's hear from the Cardinals head coach on his starting safety. First and foremost, you know, when you turn on a tape, everyone is watching that tape. Who stands out, you know? Uh, I think Jeff Rogers said it best in his special teams meeting. You know, he's looking for guys when you turn on a tape. It's like, who the is that guy, you know? And uh, obviously everyone knows who number three is, but those type of plays show up, you know, pretty consistently on a tape for him. And it's not just on Sundays, Kyle. We see it in practice, whether there are fans in attendance or not here at State Farm Stadium back in Tempe. He practices as if each and every day is a game day because there's that old adage, you play how you practice, you get out, you get out what you put in, and the perfect example of that is Buda Baker. No, you're right, and, and I believe you know, every team, particularly every defense, needs that bell cow. You need that guy that sets the tone at every practice. Sometimes it can move around, it can be different players, but it has been Buda Baker, and we've seen it. We've seen what this team looks like without him on the field and what it looks like with him, and it just feels different. It, it looks different, and, and he provides that juice. He's the juice man, right? He's, he's out there, um, you know, the, mostly just by the way he plays. Um, and you know, the hard part is when you're that guy, when you set that standard and everybody's looking for you to bring the energy, you can never have an off day. You can never have a day where you're not giving full energy. And so that's who Buda Baker is. He understands that his status on this team is to provide the energy at practice, to to help the guys have juice, to push everybody else, not just by his words, but with his actions. And so, um, you know, he is just in the ultimate leader he's the guy that when young guys come to the team you say i want you to watch this guy i want you to follow what he does follow his every move and do what he does because he's just that different and hopefully some of these young players that are new to this roster can just take a little bit of that and put it add it to their game we started this segment with that mic'd up nfl films footage mike tomlin reacting to buda baker just over the course of a cardinal steelers game like oh my goodness who is this guy witnessing it firsthand i have a front row seat To me, that just says it all. NFL Network just flashed a stat. Mike Tomlin has finished 500 or better in all 16 seasons he has coached the Steelers. And when a head coach who's seen it all, done it all, who will eventually be in the Hall of Fame, has that sort of reaction to Buda Baker's style of play out on the field, how do you replace that? How do you replicate that? You can't. You build around that. That's why in this great offseason that was a massive purge, as we've talked about, there's a reason Buda Baker is still that building block and was just rewarded with new money. And the best may still yet to be, still yet to come for Buda Baker, 27 years old as he enters his seventh season wearing that Arizona Cardinals uniform. You want to see Buda Baker? 
this season. Single game tickets on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Drew, he didn't skip any steps. He was a quality control first, then he's a receivers coach, then he's a tight ends coach, then he's a quarterback coach. I always thought Drew was about the right things as far as from a team standpoint, character standpoint. He was curious about the game and, hey, this is how Norv did it, but then I like this is what Shermer did, and then Kevin kind of changed this, and then he was with Kubiak for a little bit. And um, I just loved that he coached different positions on the offense and really had the right answers with how we want to play as a team and as an offense. And we will see what this offense looks like under first-year offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. Last year, the last three years with the Cleveland Browns, last season the quarterback's coach, the two years prior to that, coaching tight ends. So, yeah, as you heard Jonathan Gannon come in, talk about his OC working his way up the ladder and now what is this offense going to look like? Is there a Drew Petzing philosophy? Is there something he wants to do, or do you adapt around your players? And we did get a chance to hear from Petzing a little bit on Monday, Kyle, because he did say, going to tailor the offense around our best players. And the big thing is, is not to be predictable because that was the key phrase that a lot of people have used over the last four years, that the offense, people knew what was coming, which is fine. But if it stopped, then you need to adjust, and I don't know if there was the adjustment last season. Right. Um, You know, the thing, uh, again, a common theme with both offense and defense is that they're going to be adaptable. I don't know that um, they're married to one specific system, one specific scheme. And, you know, what I love, uh, to me, a coach, first and foremost, is a teacher. And to hear him talk about – working with Clayton Toon, for example, saying um, I need to teach it in the way that he learns it. It's not, here's my information. You need to know it. He, he's, he, and he mentioned the same thing in working with Kyler, you know, with the challenges of the rules in place since he's on PUP. Um, but, you know, he, he has a very specific idea in, in how to coach each one of his players and how to install his offense. And to hear him talk about, um, you know, uh, again, they're going to tailor the offense around their best players because, Let's be frank, the NFL fans don't tune in to watch a coach's system. They don't tune in to um, see how a coach adjusts to a blitz. Um, They don't tune in to any of that. They tune in to the stars. They want to see the athletes, and that's what makes the league. That's what makes good teams is the ability to use your elite athletes, use your premier players, put them in the best position to succeed, and then you have success. And and that's what I love about listening to him. And so, you know, you get the feeling that this offense is probably going to look one way with Colt McCoy, but when your best player – you know, one of your most elite athletes is Kyler Murray. When he's back, they, this offense might look completely different because of his ability to teach and adapt. Before we get your thoughts, Paul, on what we think this offense might look like, let's hear from the man himself, Drew Petzing, on what he hopes this offense looks like. I think the biggest thing is to be multiple. So when it makes sense to go on tempo and be in the gun, do those things. When it makes sense to slow the game down, get in and out, how don't get under center, we need to do it. I think the biggest thing in this league is if you get predictable, you become easy to defend. They know what you're doing. 
they're going to make it pretty hard on you. So that's going to be a big emphasis for us as we get into September. And we've seen that less predictable offense during these practices here at State Farm Stadium, multiple tight ends, pre-snap motion, under center, shotgun, a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts. If Drew Petsing, if this hadn't been his philosophy for the last umpteen years, you would think he was referring to the recent iteration of the Arizona Cardinals. Because in a lot of ways, the Cardinals were singular in what they did. That spread offense. There wasn't a lot of what he just described. There certainly wasn't a lot of evolution or adjustment over the course of a single season. And so for him to cite that, guess what? He's also pinpointing, I think, the problem with the Cardinals offense over the last couple of years, especially the second half of the seasons. So uh, very curious to see exactly how that plays out. But to your point, Craig, we've seen empty backfields. We've seen 13 personnel. You've seen I formations, and this is all stuff everyone's been able to see at the open practices. So you've seen a little bit of everything. The question is, how long before this offense masters it? Because Colt McCoy said in the offseason, said it during minicamp, said it again yesterday, they've had their fair share of mistakes. There's going to be a learning curve. So how much progress can they make over the course of a camp? I know I cited Kevin O'Connell, the coach of the Vikings, and he was mic'd up over the weekend, and I happened to see that segment. He was just talking about how much better the offense is in year two of the system. So, look, there's going to be growing pains. We're all going to witness it. But for that reason, if you can just run the ball and keep it simple, maybe you minimize just how costly some of those mistakes could be. And real quick, Kyle, now is the time for those mistakes to be made because you figure out what this team and these players can do best and you utilize that in the season right and if it is truly your plan to evolve and change on a week-to-week basis you've got to think that's why they're throwing so much at these players i mean you've heard it from several players they're just being overloaded with information they're being quizzed in meeting rooms they're being tested now to see what they can handle throughout the course of a season because week one's game plan may be completely different from week two's game plan and they're preparing the players for that right now This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Let there be pads. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.